Hey guys, welcome back to yet another amazing episode of Not My Problem. I'm your host, Nestle, a 24-year-old from Atlanta, Georgia, giving you my unfiltered opinions on life while cracking open my weekly White Claw. And you guys already know the vibe. Tonight we're drinking the watermelon flavor. It's gonna be a great time. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to leave a rating and review if you haven't. It literally takes 30 seconds. But nevertheless, we have an amazing, exciting episode for you guys. We'll be unpacking my life in a you know weekly vibe check and then discussing a series of things nobody told me or anybody else for that matter about post-grad life. And I just wanna start off by saying that I did some research before I decided to talk about this topic because this is something that it's one of those situations where everybody can always agree, but why was I not able to find this topic like put onto the internet for people to go back to? And it's the idea that post-grad life kind of sucks. Like I typed in post-grad life on Spotify to see what like what was happening? What what were people saying about it? And there's plenty of episodes because there's plenty of podcasts talking about post grad life, post grad experiences, um, everything around the sun. But I could only find one podcast episode that explicitly said post grad kind of sucks. And you know what? We're gonna make it two today because that's what we're gonna talk about. I'm just gonna give you my real and honest opinion, like I always do, about post grad life and. This is coming from someone who like kind of enjoys post-grad life, but I can also be the first one to tell you that it kind of sucks. But before we get started, you guys already know the drill. We're going to get into today's vibe check. So this week has been a week, and truthfully, it is Monday, July 20th. The week has, in theory, just started, but I want to talk about these past few days, my past weekend, and then we can talk about like what happened today because today was just not the move. I'm ready for it to be the weekend. I'm kind of over it, but we're going to get through it. We'll start off with the fact that I started a vlog channel and it's something that I've wanted to do. And before you guys even like stop and you're like, wait, Nestle, you started a vlog channel? The vlog channel is not up yet, but I bought a camera because corporate America gave me a gift card and I put the money towards buying a vlogging camera because I have a professional like mirrorless Sony camera, but truthfully, it's too big and it's a great camera. It's a phenomenal quality. It's just too big to lug around as a like, you know, a podcast, a vlogging camera. I don't know why I said podcast. I'm literally not podcasting with a camera, but you know what I mean? It's just too hefty and too like too much to lug around for a vlogging camera. So I got the new Sony ZV-1. It's like their latest camera released like last month and it's made for content creation. So I bought that. Um, I only spent like, I spent a very small amount of money Granted that I had the gift card, so like, oh, thank you, corporate America, come through. We love to see it. And yeah, I bought that camera. So this past weekend, Sunday was like my first day where I actually like vlogged like my whole quarantine day. Like, I think I'm gonna just do um, weeks at a time, or if I do a bunch of things in one day, I'll do like a vlog of that day. I'll probably do some other things like get ready with me's, um, makeup reviews, just just like the basic things that I do on my day to day basis, trying to keep some content going before we go back into like the quote unquote real world, whenever that is, because at this rate, I don't think we're gonna be going anytime soon. So I'm gonna try to get myself occupied with that. I just wanna spice things up, so I'm really excited. I'll let you guys know when the uh, YouTube channel releases, but obviously you guys like wanna follow my personal Instagram at nestle.mitchell and you guys will be the first to know because I'll post it on Instagram when I release my first YouTube video and my good friend Lauren Lapid, who is a graphic designer and the host of Rookies in the Real World. She's actually going to be designing my YouTube banner. And Lauren, I know you're listening to this. Please don't feel like inclined to like 
be like, oh shit, Nestle, I need to work on that. Like we're in no rush. I want to release a couple of episodes before, or I want to record a couple of videos and have things like under my belt. So when I do start my channel, I can have like weeks in advance worth of content because I do want to post consistently and I want to do like an every week sort of situation. So that way I can like get in the swing of things, um, gain a following because like nobody's going to follow someone who record, who records and post a video and then you don't see them for like two months. Like that's just not happening. So we're going to do that. And that's why I'm saying this now because this is when I started it, but we'll see how long it takes for me to actually like get enough content to start like pushing it out and feeling like I can get it, get in a swing of things and have consistent content because it's, it's so much harder to do consistent content on like a YouTube video because you have to plan the content and then you actually have to film the content and then you have to edit it and all the things whereas podcasting like I could a lot three hours and I can knock out a whole podcast episode I can jot down some notes hit record edit it bam it's out into the real world so you know YouTubing it takes a little bit more effort so that's that's the plan there but aside from that it's been an interesting weekend so first and foremost I I want to talk about two men from my past past in quotations. These are men that I met on the interwebs. I met them on dating apps. The first one, and I'm going to keep it very vague because one I've talked about in a previous episode and two, I, the second person could probably be in their own episode just because the story and like the plot line for why I know this person and the weird things about him, like honestly deserves its own talking point in a podcast episode. So I'm going to keep it very vague. So one guy, um, both one guy, I met him like we matched last year. We've never met. And that's that's good to note. Never met. Um, and then we maybe spoke on my birthday because I got drunk and liked a bunch of like old ass pictures on his Instagram page. And obviously he DM'd me and he was like, why did you like a bunch of pictures on my Instagram page? To which I said like, oh, it was a dare, blah, blah, blah. Like me, a 24 year old talking about a dare. Like I'm disgusting. I hate myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we stopped talking. And then I recently discovered that he started a Twitch stream. And I was really curious to know, like, what he started a Twitch stream about because he's like a science nerd. He's like a PhD student at this very um, well-known school in in Georgia. Like, it's very like a technology-focused school. Um, so I was like, "What do you, do you? Maybe you play video games because like the people that go there are kind of weird. So like, I wouldn't be surprised." But his Twitch stream is like actually about science, which is like cool in a way because it's science integrated with technology. And I'm like, I'm really into technology. But the science aspect, I was like, oh, this is like an interesting, interesting situation. And obviously, since I never met him, I was curious to see what he looks like because most men are horrible at taking pictures and nine times out of 10, they look better in person. So I was like, oh, I wonder what you look like on your t- Twitch stream. So of course I go look. Of course he's attractive. I'm like, oh, God damn it, Nestle. Like, do I want to go talk to him again? So over the past like three to four days, I've been talking to several people about this and I'm like, Nestle, like, do I reach out? One of my friends was like, you should reach out. Another one of my friends was like, eh, Nestle, maybe maybe not. And I honestly have come to this conclusion that I really just don't know how to shoot my shot. Like, how do I even go about it? If even if I wanted to, do I just like, Hey, I saw you on Twitch. Like we literally, aside from my birthday, which I don't count because it was like a three message conversation. Our last like actual text conversation was last year, a literal year from now. So I don't really know how to navigate it. Do I come in the Twitch chat and just like, LOL, Hey, what's up? Someone let me know. I would love to know the male species, any girls that are like good at shooting their shot, please come through with some tips and tricks. Even if I, if I even decide to do it, because truthfully, I probably won't do it, but Hey, I just want to put that out in the universe. 
And then the second person is the guy that I referenced in my Almost Relationships podcast. I was hanging out with my friend. We were vlogging. And I don't know why. Like, I just felt, like, inclined to reach out to this person just to see, like, hey, what's up? Like, I don't have any feelings to them, for them. I don't want to date them, anything like that. And I think I've, this whole situation further solidified what I had already known in my head. I reached out to him. I was like, hey, stranger, like, what's up? How have you been? We had a very brief conversation. And, like, mid-conversation, mid as I was texting him, I was like, I don't actually want to talk to you. And, like, that's fine. You're still a great person. Like, I don't have any ill will towards you. I just really don't want to talk to you. So I never replied. And I realized that I'm finally, finally so unbothered by this person. Like, I no longer care to reach out with him, reach out to him to keep a conversation going and anybody that knows me my friends I can imagine them texting me right now saying Nestle like why did you even text him to begin with and girl I know it's it's quarantine like we're lapsed in judgment like I don't know what I'm doing anymore we're just going through day by day hoping for the best but hey like I texted him and then like I like didn't talk to him anymore so you guys are welcome we call that progress we call that growth so we're living our best lives and now let's fast forward to today today is um, this is my last full week before I have a week off at work and it wouldn't be a week before a vacation if I didn't have an anxiety attack meltdown at work today because I'm taking this week off I feel like I'm being shoved a bunch of work like two weeks worth of work to get done in one week and this is also like the last week that someone on our team is going to be on our team because they were doing a contracting position so their contract ends this week so on top of that like I have to do all this new work I have to maintain my normal responsibilities and then I also have to train up and make sure that I'm we are ready to have one less person on our team so I feel like I'm getting a lot of responsibilities on the team and I truthfully I sometimes I, I don't feel like the work is evenly distributed I feel like I'm, I'm taking a very large amount of the workload and it, it's really frustrating and I so I just got like really or it got I got really overwhelmed and I just like had a breakdown for like 30 minutes because I'm just like, oh my freaking gosh, like I I didn't expect to have a chill week. That's just like not not in the cards. Like I hadn't, I did not expect that at all, but I, I just uh, like, I just think we live in this corporate America world where people think that everything's a number one priority and it's really not. Like we're all just living life in this giant group project. That's how I describe corporate America. Corporate America is just working in a group project, a never ending group project where they just find more work for you to do and then you just do the things to like keep the, keep the job afloat. Like in these big companies, nobody's really doing a lot of the work that is like completely like completely specific to keeping this company alive like my team we I, like I love our team we do really meaningful work but at the end of the day I could be the first one to tell you that I think we could lose this team and I don't think the company would crumble and that's fine so that was very frustrating and now we're doing better I've, I've had my white claws I need to take another step after going on this mini rant so with all that I would say vibe check passed frustrated but passed all right, guys, I just need to take a nice sip. We're drinking watermelon white claw. I'm not sure if I mentioned this already, but I wanted to talk about the post-grad life. And I said it in the beginning of my episode, we're going to be talking about the fact that post-grad life kind of sucks in some regard. And we're going to commiserate the fact that post-grad life sucks. 
So I'll start off by saying that the post-grad life, the term of it, is a weird one. It has a lot of different meanings and it could translate to any of the following. You could either be traveling right after graduation and then coming home to a job lined up in a perfectly manicured life in a metropolitan city, living that sex in the city life, or you could be moving back home with your parents to work for the first time in your life, or you could be doing a contract or like a menial job while looking for the job that you really want, which I know is the case for a lot of people and I'm like kind of in the middle. Like I have... I don't think I have a perfectly manicured life, but I have a nice job, like a, cush- a quote-unquote cushiony corporate America job. I am move- I am back at home for no other reason but besides the fact that I just enjoy being home and I like saving money. Like, And that's just what post-grad life looks like for me at the moment. But whatever it may be, post-grad life is a state of mind. And I think we have to keep that in mind that eventually... This post-grad life mentality takes over and it makes you question everything. I think the one thing about corporate America and post-grad life and everything that encompasses it is we are constantly questioning whether we're good enough, what we should be doing. We constantly celebrate this idea that we're supposed to be taking the world by storm, but in actuality, we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. A lot of us are so fearful of the unknown. And so fearful in the sense that a lot of people, and this is not everybody, but a lot of people will enroll in grad school in order to maintain a set plan for the next four years because they're just unsure of what they really want to do with their lives and they don't want to necessarily enter the quote-unquote post-grad real world. And we live in this entire world that's simultaneously a blank canvas, but it's also the most terrifying white piece of paper I've ever seen. Like you have so many options and with the options and the possibilities and with them being endless, it is like information overload. You're like, what the fuck do I do? I can do anything. And that is terrifying. And it sounds great in theory, but when things don't go as planned, the unexpected panic starts to set in. And we all know what it feels like to be at home. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Do I actually like my job? Or you know you hate your job, but you're too afraid to leave because it took you so long to find a new job in corporate America to begin with. And nobody will hire you because you don't have any experience, but to be experience you need a job but nobody wants to hire you and they're like you need four or five years experience to get an entry-level job and you're like what the fuck and then you're on linkedin and people are working at these fortune five companies they're at amazon apple windows like they're doing all the things and they're talking about how great their lives is and your their lives are and you're just sitting there like oh this is not me and then we come to this conclusion that adulting sucks and i will be uh, the first to tell you that adulting kind of sucks and post-grad life kind of sucks, but there's a, I, I don't like to live in this narrative that like, like this, I feel like it's a personality trait at this point for you to be the one that says like, oh my God, I hate, uh, I hate adulthood. Adulting sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it becomes like this new thing, like this new terminology that if you're not with it, you're not really a part of the life if you don't hate it. And I, I don't mind adulthood. I don't think it's that bad of a situation. Yes, there could be, a lot of other things that I could be doing with my life. And it's like not the most glamorous thing, but if you had any idea or you had any intuition that it would be anything like college and high school, then you're just out of your mind. Like nobody told you that when you graduated from your degree and you're entering the quote unquote real world, that it would be anything like your perfectly manicured life in college. Like, sorry, I hate to break it to you, but that just wasn't the case. That's not in the cards. Adulthood kind of sucks, but it's kind of great at the same time. 
And there's also this feeling that once you graduate, you have to acknowledge the fact that the world may be your oyster, but that doesn't mean it isn't terrifying and filled with anxiety. And I'll be the first one to tell you guys that. And I'm sure we all have friends and we have all sat at a brunch table and talked about how terrifying adulting is and terrified of anxiety and like constantly comparing yourself to other people. But why can't we find any, why can't we find any of those resources online? We all agree, but online, everybody just has this like positive, like happy go lucky situation that adulthood is so great. And like, no, the fuck is not. Stop lying to me. So we have to remember the idea of growing up from, so we have to remember that this idea that we had of growing up from our surroundings is not actuality. We learn from our parents, movies, TV shows, education that adulthood would be so easy like it would be a seamless transition that they made it out to be like the step-by-step process of high school college travel a little bit you do study abroad if you can you snag a comfy corporate america job you get married you buy a house and then bam happiness the american dream if you will and let me just tell you that it's all bullshit and i'm sure we already know that but i'm here to reaffirm it for you it's all a scam it's a scam the american dream is a scam and that we can go on a completely different segue about that because you know systemic racism and shit but i've talked about this in a in a few episodes back but we need to stop subscribing to this narrative that our lives need to be a recipe for success yes this process to quote-unquote happiness is streamlined and a nice thought but these institutions omit a large handful of things that most of us have to deal with. In 2020, unless you have a wealthy and or connected network that is willing to help you along in this seemingly effortless process, it doesn't seem to come easy. We all know that. I was a first-generation college student. I was an RA to help pay for housing because it was just so freaking expensive. And then once I got to my sophomore year, I was basically paying for everything because I had a side job while doing all my classes. And most people aren't afforded the luxury to go to these prestigious colleges, do study abroad, and then work after college and like just do things that they want to do in in the meantime. Like that's just not the reality for a lot of people. And if we're being honest, there's a lot of things that you absolutely don't have to do in your early 20s that people are just trying to tell us that, oh my God, you have so much time in your 20s. You need to be doing all of these things. And I would love it if people would stop trying to shove these ideas down our face. So go ahead, grab another cup of coffee, grab some wine, a beer, a white claw, anything you want, because I'm about to unpack everything that I absolutely hate about the expectations of your 20s. So I want to start off with travel. And if I ever have to read another YouTube video, an essay, a manifesto, an Instagram story, an Instagram caption, a tweet about college students and why they need to immediately travel post-graduation and adventure their way through every hostel they can find in order to find themselves, I'm going to lose my mind absolutely lose my mind. Is travel rewarding? Of course, there's no disputing that. And if you have the opportunity to jet set and learn about different cultures firsthand, that's awesome. Good for you. You deserve a gold star. I'm glad you could be afforded those opportunities in life. But not everyone likes to travel, one, and not everyone is afforded and has the money to go traveling despite what Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, what's you to believe. If you don't spend your early 20s going all around the world in 80 days, it doesn't mean you aren't living life to the fullest. It just means your passport doesn't have cute stamps on it. I've traveled a lot within the United States and I that only started when I graduated college and I was able to make my own money um, working in corporate America and I had to save a little bit because I, I just like wasn't 
I just didn't have those opportunities. And like, if I did have money, like there was other things that I could be affording besides traveling. So not everybody has those opportunities and you shouldn't look down on somebody and you shouldn't be telling somebody that they aren't living their twenties if they're not traveling. It's a fucking load of bullshit. And I'm sorry for cursing, but that makes me just very frustrated because you hear it all the time and it's so annoying. And the second thing is seriously dating. And I talk about this in a lot of episodes, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Sharing a life with someone is the best feeling. I personally don't know about that feeling, but I know it's pretty great. But forcing yourself to get there just because you're supposed to is not fulfilling. And we always talk about these societal pressures for women that women need to go to college to get their MRS degree. They need to graduate college with an engagement ring or just like have someone that they can see themselves marrying one to two years post-grad. And I'm like, that's not for me. Life isn't meant to be a race to see who can get to certain milestones first. So what if it seems like everyone around you is getting engaged? And it's funny because I actually just said that um, watching my friend's Twitch channel before I decided to record this episode. I said, if I see another person get engaged, I'm going to lose my mind. And it's not because I want to get engaged or I have any idea or any belief that I want to get married anytime soon. I'm just, for me, I'm just like, is this, is this what people really want? Are people really that pressed to get engaged at like 22, 23? I'm like, guys, you don't even have money. Like, oh my God. Like, uh, I don't know. For me personally, like I, I, I want um, money and, and like property and traveling the world and doing all the things before I settle down and get engaged. But that's just me. Not everybody, everybody has that. Not everybody has that mentality and that's fine. So good for you if you want to get engaged and good for you if you don't. You do you and the rest will figure itself out along the way. And in that same regard, if you want to casually date, do that. Okay, let's say you did find someone you want to spend your life with. Now you'll have to deal with a chorus of people telling you that you're too young, that you still need to date around, you need to see what's out there. And yes, we are going to grow and change as you are, but that's a constant in your life. You're always going to change. And I, this casually dating thing is for people that are casually dating and the people that are constantly told like, oh, you should casually date. Like it's not in the cards for everybody. If you want to do it, great. But if you don't want to do it, also great. Like nobody's taking that away from you. Yes, you are going to grow and change as you are. And if you found something special, that's a great thing. But if you didn't and you just want to go on a bunch of dates and meet a bunch of different guys, like also do you live your life. So I got like this feather in my nose and I keep having to sneeze, but I will feel the need to sneeze mid-sentence so I'm like rushing to finish the end of my sentence so I don't have to re-record but I it ends up happening anyway ah hilarious okay next thing on my list of things that I hate about post-grad life is drinking and this shamey way to drink and I don't mean this in any shamey way because I in fact do drink and if you guys listen to this podcast you I don't say like I guess yes I drink often but I'm drinking white claw that is literally five percent alcohol like I'm not getting belligerently drunk Yes, I do enjoy going to the bar with my friends when we could do such thing, and I do enjoy getting a little too drunk off of wine and white claws while watching The Bachelorette with my friends, but you don't have to drink. College almost seems synonymous with partying, which actually isn't even accurate. For me, like I didn't even really drink until 20, and then even then, it was just like too much of a hassle to go and find people to buy me alcohol, so I didn't really truly drink until 21, and I've always had fun. I've always had a good time hanging out with people without being drunk. Everything seems to glamorize early 20s as this time to be a hot mess with the people you love. Hungover, it's fine. You're young. 
drunk text your ex, it's fine, you're young. And sure, those things sometimes happen, but maybe that's not your scene and it's not my scene and that's okay. You don't need to get wasted to enjoy your youth. You don't have to let anyone force you into something you're not comfortable doing. Like I am not a party, a party girl. I've never been a party girl. Like I only go to like, like hangouts with friends and if people are drinking, sure, but I'm not going to go to like, I never went to frat house parties. I really don't like going to the Buckhead bars. If you're from Atlanta, you know where that is. Um, sometimes I'll go to the battery bars that have like dancing, but that's just like not my, my vibe. I'd rather just sit at a bar hanging out with my friends, people watching and just like enjoying life together. And that's just like never been my thing. And I know like people in your early twenties, everybody wants to go like get shit face at a club and ill. Well, ill in in terms of like, that's not something I want. But if that's something you want, then knock yourself out. But don't let anyone force you to think that you should or should not be doing something. And also don't let people force you into having this idea that you have to have a ton of friends. Having a bunch of friends is not normal. It's not normal. And it's not normal. Having a few friends that you really love and trust will always beat out having this hashtag squad goals mentality. Like I have a, a I would say like an inner circle of 10 friends, but none these 10 friends, I would say maybe two or three of them know of each other and like have actively had conversations with each other. I just don't have this like squad goal type of situation. And I love all my friends dearly, but it's always like kind of awkward whenever I have like birthday parties because nobody knows each other. And like some of my friends are like the more outgoing friends. And then some of my friends are the ones that want to stay home at, all the time and just like hang out with their cats and shit. And like, that's fine. <laughs> but it's a, it's just an interesting dynamic. So your, t- your 20s are a time of rebirth and discovery. So you'll loop Your 20s are a time when you're learning about yourself and discovering yourself and you'll likely lose touch with some people you used to be really close with. It's something that happens in life. Those who are not meant to stay in your life will leave and you don't have to sweat not having a ton of names on your friendship roster with not being a successful 20 something. Now let's talk about having your own place. And I'll start off by saying that I live at home and I live at home because one, I don't mind living at home. Two, if I were to live somewhere and yet live somewhere, yes, I could probably live in a one bedroom, one bath. It would have hurt the bank. I would probably want a roommate just because I don't want to like, like kill my bank account. But you don't have to have your own place to be like successful. Unless you're either scored a high paying job right out of school or you're a trust fund baby, it's highly unlikely you're financially ready to like have like this glorious apartment post-grad. So if you have the opportunity, definitely consider moving back in with your family to save a little money while you start working. If not, that's fine, but I feel like there's a stigma attached to it, like it's a failure. But if it can prevent you from going into debt, I definitely say you are winning in that situation. If moving home isn't an option, then go in on something with a roommate or maybe a few roommates. It's amazing to dream about having an apartment all to yourself one day. And that's something I tell you guys all the time. I want like floor to ceiling window, open floor plan, modern plant furniture in not plant furniture, but plants and nice furniture in my Seattle apartment. And yes, that will be my life one day, but it's not today. But there's no point in overpaying for something when you're just starting out. 
your savings account will thank you later. And that's bad on that. And lastly, I said at the beginning of the episode, I just, I think we need to stop feeling like we have to be on the same level as your peers. And a lot of this comes from comparing ourselves to social media and especially like what we see on LinkedIn. This holds true for most ages, but I think it's especially relevant to people our age. You have to get rid of this toxic mentality that you need to keep up to date with what everybody is doing. Being inspired by people can be great and productive, but constantly comparing yourselves to others is a bad recipe. Only one person can figure out your path and that's you. Don't get distracted looking at where other people are going and you've got so much to look forward in your own direction. And yes, they might be doing the the same thing as you or the same thing that you aspired to do, but you don't have the same path as somebody else. And I just think that's something that we need to keep in mind as we navigate through this whole like post-grad life. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others and it's it's not the greatest, but like we all do it and I'm not gonna sit here and lie. Like I don't compare myself to others because I definitely do. But hey, like our lives will come out the way that we want it when it's time. And lastly, and I said lastly, <laughs> the one before this, but I had another one come to my mind. It's knowing exactly what you want to do. And I want to talk about this in a future episode because I feel like we're all figuring things out. I'm I'm at a place where I, I know what I want to do for like the next year, two years, but I've never been a five-year, 10-year goals type of person. But I do want to say that your passions will evolve, your dreams will get revised, and sometimes you will have no idea what you want. And all of that is incredibly normal. Majoring in something doesn't mean you have to work in that field, and I am the perfect example of that. I work in a tech company doing analytics for product development, but I my degree is in psychology. And having an entry-level job somewhere doesn't mean that that's the career path that you're stuck in forever. Do I want to do data analytics for the rest of my life? No. You'll constantly be learning about what you like, what you don't like, what you can handle, what you can't. It takes time and you're allowed that time. So please don't feel like you're stressed and you need to have this life figured out. You need to know exactly what you want to do. I think one thing that has helped me a ton is figuring out what I really like about roles that I'm in. Like, oh, this is a part and aspect. And it could be something super small. Like, I don't mind doing training at my job and I don't do a lot of it and I do a very small amount of it actually. I don't mind doing training. So like I write that down in like the list of things that I don't mind and like I don't mind making PowerPoints like describing my analytics for dummies like <laughs> dumbing it down for people for it to be easily consumable. It's another thing that like I don't mind doing. So I make this list of things that I enjoy from my jobs or things that I like notice that may not be in a job title per se, but as I try to craft my my next goal, my next career move, like I know what I'm really looking for in my next steps. Well, there we have it, friends. We've solved the post-grad struggles. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your friends. And as always, you can find me on my podcast Insta, which is not my problem, or my personal Instagram, which is nestle.mitchell. I will be linking both of those in the bio. Be sure to send me a DM if you guys want to chit-chat about today's um, podcast episode topic. And if you have any future topics that you would like me to discuss, feel free to let me know um, what you guys want me to talk about. But with that being said, I'll catch you guys next week. Later. Later.